Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, how was your fourth? Uh, wasn't so great if you're one of those Rise of the Moors guys who ran out of gas on a Massachusetts highway while armed to the teeth and then, you know, ran into the woods when the cops showed up. What a wild story. We will uh, break it down and uh, analyze it and inform you on it and uh, look ahead to the, your appearance in court today for these lunatics. Also, uh, Rachel Nichols. Had a tough weekend because her private conversation with one of LeBron's agents was leaked to the New York Times. And uh, I will tell you why it makes Maria Taylor look even worse than it makes uh, Rachel Nichols look. Uh, we got some really ungrateful Americans tweeting out nasty stuff over the 4th. We will read you that and smack them around. And uh, the U.S. women's soccer team denies they turned their back on the national anthem. We'll check the tape. We'll break it down and try to figure that one out. And I'm going to explain to you why Tom Brady has guts, why Tom Brady has balls as he tees it up today against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. We're going to all that and a lot more. Today's Callahan podcast brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term, the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Carano is back. Let's do this, Carano. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, it is July 6th, big day in uh, Malden, Malden District Court in Massachusetts today. 11 
members um, of the, uh, no, I think only eight members of the Rise of the Moors cult that uh, made such big news over the weekend will appear in court today. They're held on $100,000 bail, most of them on weapons charges. Uh, I mean, I think basically they're kind of like the, the, uh, the sprinter. Uh, what's her name? Shik Shik I can screw up her uh, first name. The sprinter uh, who is uh, banned from the Olympics for smoking weed. Yeah. It's not really the offense. The offense that is the big problem here, the weed, it's stupidity. She's being banned, suspended for stupidity. When they tell you if you smoke weed, you get kicked out of the Olympics and you smoke weed, it's not the weed. It's not the drug. It's not the effect it has. It's certainly not performance enhancing. But let's face it. You're a dumbass if you smoke weed, you know, three weeks before the Olympics. I'm sorry her mother passed away, but that's a you know, and that's sad and it's too bad she's out of the Olympics and it does seem like an overreaction. I wouldn't ban her. I, I certainly wouldn't care if they smoked weed. And like I always say about NBA players, it, you know, they don't get in trouble. They stay on, you know, they should have, they, they don't test for weed in the NBA because they want them to smoke weed. That way they stay in their room and order room service and, you know, watch cartoons or something. They don't go out and get in trouble. So good. Stay in there, smoke, a, roll one up or have an edible. Roll one up. <laughs> she's, she's, um, she's banned because she's an idiot for doing it, not because of the weed. These guys are in, spent the weekend in jail for being dumbasses, not for whatever weapons charges. Obviously, they had weapons. Obviously, they're, they're, they're weird. They're strange. I was going to ask you, Carano, if you had a good weekend because I was looking at all these people who had a really bad 4th of July weekend, including, you know, the rise of the Moors. Those badasses spent the weekend in jail in, in Massachusetts because they didn't want to go to a gas station. You know, they wanted, I guess, when you're, you know, whatever, a, 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 an anti-government zealot who doesn't recognize the U.S. government and flies the Moroccan flag and, and talks about the rise of, or the Moors, you, you fill gas tank uh, uh uh you know gas containers and put those i guess in the trunk or in the back of your truck or van because if you need gas you stop in the side of the highway and fill it up that way you don't go to a gas station that's right because, you didn't want to get caught on camera mm, what it was. Right. Yeah. yeah so instead they get caught on the side of the highway filling their truck <laughs> with, with gas they all get um they're all loaded, uh, you know, uh, armed, armed to the teeth. AR-15s, pistols. They've got some a of them, gun, yeah. Some of them respond to the police showing up, and some, I guess, it was one cop initially. Yeah. He called for help, and they ran in the woods, and that became an international story because of the video from their leader who did who live went live to uh, YouTube. Correct. Yep. <clears throat> went live on YouTube and started talking about you know the the group and what they believe in, which. I telling you, I, I said this to you earlier. I I read as much as I could read about the rise of the Moors. I still don't know what the hell they stand for. I still don't understand why they're flying the Moroccan flag or going from Rhode Island to Maine uh, on Fourth of July weekend to camp out and and shoot their guns. Is that well, what a lot were? of more woods? A lot more woods in Maine than in uh, Rhode Island. You got a lot more space to do that sort of stuff with train and hunt and whatever. Maybe they were going to a facility where they pay. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly why. They were going to, pri to to private land to uh, yeah you know, to LARP basically to, to, to LARP. Yes, <laughs> but. I mean, I, I have trouble, uh, you know, finding a friend to go to the 99 for me with me sometimes for a beer. Uh -huh. How do you get 11 guys, grown men, to arm up, you know, spend all their money on guns 
go on Fourth of July weekend, you know, without any uh, you know, any of the women, just the guys to Maine to train to train for what? Well, I mean, if you are going to be a weapon carrier, if you are someone who is going to own a gun, rifle, whatever, pistol, you should practice shooting it. Like you really should. Sure, uh, they have ranges for that, correct? I don't know what Rhode Island's laws are, but I would imagine, yeah, but maybe they can't do that outside in Rhode Island. I don't know. Maybe, but uh, so you train. You want to be good with the firearm. Sure. Uh, then <clears throat> what's to what end? To what end? Well, I mean, I'm a gun over, uh, owner, and I'm a responsible gun owner. I learned how to, you know, to take apart, put together my my weapon. I learned how to shoot it. I learned how to safely carry it because, you know, that that's the right thing to do in general. Sure. But uh, do you have it because you're planning to, uh, uh, first of all, you're like these guys, right? You don't recognize. Well, I'm not a sovereign citizen. I wouldn't call myself that. Yeah. So you don't recognize the laws of the U.S. government? No, that's not at all. I just know that that laws do not equal morality. Like just because something's legal doesn't mean that it's moral or and vice versa is the case. And in this case, like you can make the case that that them owning firearms is an absolutely moral thing to do. The thing is they screwed up in that you can't federally, you cannot, you can transport guns from one state to another as long as you can carry in both but you have to put it in either your trunk you can't it has to be off so when, they, when they were driving when they were driving to maine yeah. they were all armed up right i mean they had their yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> I mean, was dumb. why don't you just put the stuff in the trunk and if the cop pulls over you say we, we ran out of gas officer you know yeah so, I, so I, the inconvenience here but we're uh, heading to maine for the weekend like like millions of other people and right. you go on your way instead they get out like they're ready for uh, you know battle with the uh, you know mass or the whatever wakefield town police and they're they're ready to do battle and then they run in the woods which i'm sure made the cops nervous made everybody shelter in place and it went national or international i'm telling you i got up saturday morning i see the story and i'm just start reading and reading everything i could find going what the hell is going on it's it's national it's on all the national news and all uh, the websites uh, this these, these, I'm dare I say, insurrectionists who <laughs> who ran from the cops, and then, and then what? Would you think they were not going to try to get you or find you? You were just going yeah, to in the woods. I mean, they if they're trying to get publicity, then they did a very good job doing it, you know. But if they're trying to yeah. not get not get taken by the police, then they didn't do a good job. Had they stored their weapons away, even if they looked sketchy, side of the road, all in you know military garb, if the police then did stuff, well then. You know that it would be illegal for the police to do stuff, but they they did they should have stored their weapon. I mean, the first cop on the scene must have been what the hell are you talking yeah, about sitting there. You know, this is not a when the guy Jamal, the leader who went alive to YouTube to his two hundred thousand uh, uh, subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. I, I listened to it. He sounded he was articulate. He sounded reasonably smart. He looked like Kyrie Irving. He looked like a you know he, he, he looked like he meant business. And yet it made no sense. I'm sitting there going, what are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you stand for? Um, we we may find out some more today. They're going to court. They spent the weekend in jail. Um, they let they had a minor, one or two minors. They let go to their parents, which is yeah. sad. So a minor was going north with 11 guys, including a 40-year-old, to go shoot guns, real, you know, real guns, real AR-15. You don't have a problem with shooting guns, though, Jerry. Come on. You're a 2A guy. Um, sure. You know what? You know what's amazing? They if this if they were driving through, I don't know, North Dakota or Montana, cops would have said, "Up, oh, you know, sorry, yeah, good luck, you guys, good, yeah, you know, have a good weekend, see you boys," uh, and they would have been on their way. That's how different 
a red state is to a blue state. Not, it, not just that. If they did that in New Hampshire, where it's constitutional carry or Maine constitutional carry or Vermont constitutional carry, would be fine. But but you got to know better. You have to know better in Massachusetts. They're right. That's the problem. Is there? I don't believe that the Massachusetts laws are moral or correct. But you but you got to know that you're going to have a confrontation potentially if you're not following Massachusetts law. And I'm and and you know obviously we say this all the time whether it's uh, uh, Jacob Blake or George Floyd. I mean when you resist, there is nothing good that ever comes from resisting arrest nothing could ever good could come no. up. you don't get away with it they don't let you they don't give up when they start chasing you you know when you fight them when they're trying to apprehend you there's nothing good that can come of it and there's some real bad things that you could die or or end up in a wheelchair like jacob blake if you resist you can't resist if you even if you're a badass you know rise of the moors guy all armed to the teeth you run in the woods you're not going to win that. You're not going to get away. You're not going to prevail. They're not going to give up. They're going to bring you into custody. They're going to take your guns. You're going to go to court. You're going to pay a price. You're going to go to jail. You're going to pay a fine. We'll find out today. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there'll be any kind of, you know, crazy uh, statements, pronouncements from the leader or any of the rise of the more guys trying to explain more what they believe and what they do. But I want to get to the biggest disappointment I think I've seen in the mainstream media, probably since uh, November 8th of uh, 2016. When this first broke, you heard armed, uh, I don't know what you'd call these guys, um, anti-government yeah. um, insurrectionists uh, <laughs> um, uh, who were going to train for the weekend and didn't believe in, you know, didn't recognize the U.S. flag and all that. The media was just praying, you know, literally on their knees. I mean, you could picture, you could picture, you know, Chuck Todd or, or, uh, you know, Maggie Haberman on their knees praying, please, God, let them be MAGA guys. Let them be white uh, supremacists who, uh, uh, who were going in the woods and going to shoot like targets with, with like Obama or, or, or Abraham Kendi on them. And they were, you know, they, 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 they this would have been the, the, the great, the wildest dream of everybody in the mainstream media that we finally we have a face we have real violent inter insurrectionists i mean january 6th was the first armed insurrection ever without any arms you know they were they, they literally were they were we, we, yeah, they we walked were, in we were minutes away from uh them overthrowing the u.s government as <laughs> we know as we know they had no guns you know they they didn't uh, kill anybody uh, we know Viking man, dangerous man, QAnon shaman, was going to be installed as the new god king for the new government. The new and once they uh, overthrew our uh, you know representative government, they were going to take over. He was going to be dictator. It was close. It was close. We stopped them. They're all still in jail. They're all in solitary where they belong because you just can't mess around with with trespassers who are uh, you know have painted faces and horns. You can't you know. It can't. You got to take those them seriously. This would have been. Uh, this this would have been the new chapter in this ridiculous idea that white supremacists are the biggest danger in America. That's a lie. Biden's lied about it. Merrick Garland lies about it every day. They say the FBI says the biggest threat to the homeland are white supremacists. White supremacy. Everyone knows it's a lie. It's just a a narrative that they're creating. To distract uh, when because Trump is gone, and so they make they make the January six 
people, the biggest villain out there, the boogeyman, this would have been a whole new deal to have 10, 11, 12, whatever it was, guys with AR-15s going to train on July 4th weekend. The, the, you know, the image of it all would have been too much for, you know, George Stephanopoulos to handle. Yeah, it would have been um, white nationalist terrorists this and white nationalist terrorists that. It would, it would have been all over the place. Oh, yeah. and, even, and even now, like, even, uh, I think you're right because, th you know, two or three days later, there's way less about it. But if this, yeah, I think course. if it were the other thing, it would have been, it would have, it would have dominated the news cycle for weeks. It it disappeared, yeah. essentially, when they got uh, a look at the, uh, the skin color of Jamal, the leader, and they found out that they were all uh, African-Americans from Rhode Island. They wanted them so badly. They wanted that truck or the van that they were getting out of to have a Trump flag or a Trump sticker. They wanted there to be a Trump hat, a red hat. They wanted them to say, uh, you know, something about uh, the election was illegitimate and Trump won. That's what they wanted so badly. And when it didn't happen, the story, as always, disappeared because it didn't fit the, the narrative they need this. They want this so badly. Um, our guy, Tom Shattuck's wife, Alice Shattuck, wrote a column on Substack on Shattuck's. Uh, essentially, we now know the brains behind the operation at the Shattuck home. You know, the one who's, you know, doing all the production for the podcast, probably doing most of the writing. Let's face it. Occasionally, <laughs> occasionally Tom will stick his name on it. But Alice, his wife, wrote a column. And it's excellent. It's called More Than Meets the Eye. And she she uh, lists or she includes all the tweets from media people who were just praying that this was uh, white supremacists and, uh, and, and MAGA people. Um, uh, let's, I mean, I could go through them all, but uh, if you don't subscribe, I don't know. Is this a paid? This is a paid. That was behind uh, a paywall, yeah. Sometimes this uh, stuff... Uh, this is a uh, law professor, Richard Painter. He has three quarters of a million followers, by the way, off to the slammer with the rest of the January 6th gang. He says to the, after they, uh, they arrest, uh, the, the, uh, the rise of the Moors guys, probably, uh, peaceful Patriots, <laughs> but her Trumpies tweeted another, uh, liberal on and on. And they, and they, um, uh, are rejoicing. Um, uh, amazing they weren't shot by officers making this traffic stop uh obviously they weren't black or brown men <laughs> one tweet one uh, liberal tweets uh more white supremacists i'll bet um and on and on it goes she lists a whole bunch of them uh of these uh liberals who were uh praying I mean that type of stuff is just that type of stuff is just brain damage. I mean, to not to not like look and figure out what exactly is going on before you make a comment. That's just, just brain damage. By the way, it didn't take long. It didn't take long. No. See, I mean, uh, you couldn't see all the members of the cult, but you could certainly see the leader. Yeah. And then, and then when they give the name, you could Google it. It is still still strange. I'm saying I'm googling Moors and what the Moors are, and I'm saying, when's the last time you even heard someone mention the Moors? It's like from I don't know high school. A history class or sure. something and the moroccan flag now you're a you're a well-educated individual Karana. can you tell me why they're flying the moroccan flag they think that for some reason morocco has sovereignty uh, or moroccan citizens have sovereignty in the united states like original i i tried to i tried to parse this too it didn't make sense to me either that there's some sort of their sovereign law that they subscribe to that supersedes u.s law based on somehow their lineage to Morocco. I did. I couldn't make the connection. You know, when you hear that, 
you almost say they're lucky there wasn't shots fired because they're thinking a confrontation is what they're looking for. If you don't have a confrontation with the uh, government, yeah, what's the point? What, what are you, why are you training? Training for what? I mean, you're training for violent revolution. Well, here you go. You got one yeah, up on the, on the side of the highway at two in the morning. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they were looking. Maybe they were looking for publicity. I don't think they wanted an armed conflict. I mean, who who really does? I'm glad that it, that it resolved itself peacefully. I'm sure they were as well. I'm sure they they didn't want to martyr themselves. They seemed, you know, Jamal seemed like a pretty lucid guy. Didn't look like yeah, amazing. That's a good word. He seemed lucid and articulate, and 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 obviously he's done this before. He probably has many many rants on uh, on his YouTube channel. But I'm looking at the the uh, those arrested being arraigned today. Um, uh, you know, there's some, there's a 29 year old guy from Providence, a 21 year old from, uh, the Bronx, a 23 year old from the Bronx. Some of them have aliases, a 29 year old from Detroit, yeah. the 40 year old Quinn Cumberlander, which is a, an interesting name from, uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, another 34 year old from the Bronx and a 29 year old from Baldwin, New York. I mean, I love 4th of July weekend. I mean, it's probably, it's, it's like, it's like my favorite time of the year it's summer it's you know all american i waved my flag i had my went on red white and blue clothes and stuff on and had a great weekend i can't i can't think it would be worse spending it in the woods of maine with a bunch of lunatics you know shooting guns or spending it in uh in jail waiting arraignment in Maldern district court neither seems like a lot of fun for me on fourth of july weekend but uh, these guys will be in court. Maybe we'll see. Maybe it'll be big. It'll be revealing. Maybe they'll make some statements. Maybe they'll they'll yell at the judge. Say, I don't recognize your authority or something. But I, I'm going to guess they go, they'll go quietly, that they spent a long weekend in jail. And they're like, just can I just go home now? Can I just go back to Pawtucket? And they're, already, they're already tired. The confrontation happened at like 2 o'clock in the morning. They were still going, you know, when I woke up the next morning and then throughout. So I'm sure they're pretty... I'm sure they just want to go home. I would maybe you're right. Maybe there'll be a big spike in their, their YouTube uh, you know, subscribers, and maybe they'll add a bunch of new members, you know, who don't recognize the authority of the U.S. government and <laughs> and uh, call themselves whatever, Rise of the Moors. And uh, maybe we'll learn a lot more from them today. They had a bad weekend. Those they guys, did. They had a bad weekend. I'm not sure it was. Uh, worse than uh, Rachel Nichols from ESPN. Let's get to Rachel Nichols because there's nothing I enjoy more. And, you know, I feel like I'm one of those liberal professors who was praying for, uh, you know, white supremacists. Yes. Nothing I enjoy more. Nothing I sit back and, uh, and uh, uh, relish more than liberal media people, prominent liberal media people, particularly, you know, Race hustlers, you know, eating their own, devouring their own. That's what happened here. And if you didn't follow the story, because it was mostly breaking over July 4th weekend, a long, poorly written story in the New York Times about infighting, scandal at the ESPN. And it's it's just delicious. I got to be honest. Um, did you know you're not a huge sports guy? Are you you're not a big ESPN viewer, are you? I used to be back in the day, but now it's so terrible. Like for the last decade, it's been so terrible. I can't watch it. I'm not a big viewer. I mean, football season, I'll watch it a lot more than I do in the in the spring or in the summer. Maria Taylor, I, I guess I knew who she was. I don't have. I didn't really have an opinion on whether she was good or bad. I can't imagine one person tuning in 
just to see Maria Taylor. She doesn't add to the audience. She doesn't have that kind of value like uh, uh, like Stephen A. Smith, who's sure. the highest paid. Stephen A. Smith's the highest paid guy at ESPN. He brings value. There's certain people in the old days, you know, Dan Patrick and Keith Oldman, there was real value. You could see people tuning in to see them, or Chris Berman, I guess, back in the day. And now, you know, I, I don't know who the face of ESPN is. I guess Mike Greenberg, who doesn't really, you know, bring uh, bring a lot of value in that regard either. But I would never say Maria Taylor was invaluable. That Maria Taylor was an attraction that actually moved the needle. She's just another pretty face who was a sideline reporter. And now she's the host, I guess, of this NBA show, yeah. which I don't often watch. I, it stopped me in my tracks, this part of the story, that she's making a million bucks a year, which seems a little high for just another just another nameless, faceless sideline reporter or Particularly, host. particularly when you know that ESPN has just been bludgeoning itself. Yes, and ESPN, and they're dumping people left and yeah. left to make money, you know, like Mike Golick and Kenny Maine and anybody that made any money, particularly white guys who made any money, they're dumping them uh, and, and moving on and and. ESPN, as we know, as we've talked about many, many times, is as woke as any outfit. They are as woke as 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 hardcore, you know, progressive left as MSNBC or CNN or New York Times. ESPN, that it, you know, it's it, they lead the way in in uh, in radical change. You know, they support everyone at the network. Everyone supports Colin Kaepernick, who supports cop killers. Everyone at the network probably supports uh, 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 Gwen uh, Berry. Uh, I haven't watched and heard, but, you know, all the shows around the horn, PTI, they're all liberal. Anyway, Maria Taylor is making a million bucks a year. Again, seems high, but, you know, seems like a perfectly uh, capable reporter. Good for her. Her contract is up. <clears throat> contract is up in, I think it's... Uh, this year's weeks. time. Yeah. Yeah, Two yeah. Two three weeks. Um she is in the middle of negotiations. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready. They're offering her five million a year. They're offering her like five years, five years and, and twenty-five million. Yeah. They're according to reports, and I read the New York Times and, and our, our guy Bobby Burrick from Outkick is all over this as well. If you want to read about this, go to Outkick, read Bobby Burrick. He's he's been all, all weekend he was covering this and he is he's he's really good and he loves to go after the the super woke which is why we have him on this podcast and why we like him they're offering five million a year she wants eight she wants stephen a smith money is that what he's now, making stephen a smith's making oh. eight million a year and and again it seems insane but he brings i mean he makes moves new yeah he moves the needle he defines the term of moving the needle and you know we talk about him. We watch him, uh, not necessarily on his show with Max Kellerman, but you see him online. You get the, you know, you get bits and pieces, and you and and he, you know, draws people in. He he draws an audience. I understand why he makes that kind of money because he could probably go elsewhere. He could probably work for another network and and uh, makes close to that. Maria Taylor is just just she's just okay. I mean, she's fine. She wants eight million a year. This is and and. Um, Jason Whitlock over the weekend writing for the blaze says she's the gold medal winner in the woke Olympics. She just beats every, and, and he's so right. This is the result of this current climate and the, uh, 
And the reason I think she's going to get it, get the money is because they, she's a, she's not just an, another pretty face. She's another black pretty face. They want to have a, uh, a person, um, people who are the face of the network who are young and black. And that's Maria Taylor. She's the chosen one. There are others and I don't even know who they are, but they're listed in the story. Other up and coming reporters who are replacing those old white guys that they booted out the door. A bunch, they have a bunch of young black uh, reporters, sideline reporters, hosts, whatever. This is, you know, she's the, the, the face. She's the leader of this new wave at ESPN. They're going to pay her 8 million bucks a year, which is insane. Insane. And this, they're cutting people's pay. They're demanding, you know, they demanded Kenny Mann cut his pay like 60%. And he said, no, and they got rid of him. Yeah. Uh, they're demanding uh, people. They're either firing or cutting the pay of anyone who makes any money. And they're going to pay this woman or go, this woman who's making a million a year. They're going to pay her 8 million. If they let her walk tomorrow, Carano, she would be, I don't know what she'd do. She'd probably find a job at some local station or some other network at, I don't know, two, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah I don't know where you go from ESPN if you're not going to be like for for what her skill set is. Um, what like where else do you go? I think I think you're exactly well, right. You could. I mean, have tons of leverage now. So so which brings us. I'm sorry, taking <laughs> no, my, my my long winded introduction to the big story. <laughs> Just so you know. The store, the result of the story that broke over the weekend is going to be ESPN paying Maria Taylor forty million dollars. Certainly looks like that. Yeah, five years, eight million. That's what she wants. Um, she is a uh, she's a killer, man. This this move, this move. I, I I can't think of a move a more effective, more cold blooded, more ruthless negotiation tactic. In my life, I mean, I've seen people, you know, drop stories, uh, drop a dime to, to help their cause when they're yeah. negotiating. I've seen it at a local level, seen it nationally. I've never seen a move like this. Here's the story. A year ago, Rachel Nichols, and everyone knows who she is. She's white. She's kind of redheaded. She's got her own style. She's done uh, well. She does interviews. She does stories. She's got a, you know, kind of a interesting affect when she uh, we, she speaks but whatever people know she is she does a good job probably makes a lot of money she was the host of the nba show on espn she is no more the host now it is uh, maria taylor a year ago on a zoom call or on a uh, uh, a private call with a guy named mendelson Mendelssohn, what's Mendelssohn's first name? Andrew. Adam Mendelssohn, Adam. He's, uh, LeBron's uh, his advisor. A close advisor yeah. and you know you could just we should have a bell. Ring the bell every time something inappropriate or unethical pops up in the story. A reporter, a high-profile reporter for ESPN, is looking for you know advice or looking to uh, bend the ear of somebody you know in the somebody connected. She's kind of just letting off steam too. She calls Adam Mendelson, yes. uh, LeBron's agent, essentially LeBron's advisor to complain about the way things are going at ESPN, to complain about the fact that she's getting lapped by Maria Taylor. And she thinks it's probably because they want to promote an African-American perfectly reasonable. Everybody in that situation would wonder that would maybe accuse them of that. It's, it happens a lot. We see it. God knows it's, 
you see it on TV and on networks, you see it in, you know, whatever newspaper jobs. I mean, I, I once sat with an editor at the Boston Herald going through resumes and all he wanted to do was hire a black guy. He really, you know, he, his heart, he was a good guy and his heart was in the right place. He was a good liberal. He said, I really want to, you know, I, I got to find, and he was trying to find one and we were sitting around him and he was going through it all and saying, we got, and there was nothing, no one objected to it. We didn't find it offensive. It's, it's the way of the world. Yeah. I mean, there's actual laws, you know, uh, affirmative action, uh, you know, uh, um, in place at big companies. They want to hire minorities uh, for certain positions at, at certain companies. If, hell, at most companies, they want to do it. It's, it's, I guess you can't, you're not supposed to say it. You're just supposed to quietly acknowledge it, but you can't say it out loud. She said it out loud. It, this call that she made with Mendelssohn, it must have been extremely uncomfortable for her when she found out it was recorded. It was being passed around the ESPN offices for close to a year. Everybody was waiting for it to get sent to a media outlet, a news outlet, to help Maria Taylor and hurt Rachel Nichols. She must have had some sleepless nights wondering what exactly she said, how she said it, and when it would appear, and what effect it would have. It's tawdry to think you take a private call the woman who did it, they got uh, the woman who admitted she leaked it or, or recorded it and passed it around the office. She was dismissed by ESPN. Hmm. Maria Taylor uh, is smart. She didn't, her fingerprints aren't on it. Clearly, and I'm, I'm just going to come to my own conclusion. She's behind this. It helps her immensely. In fact, I think it it wins the negotiation for her. Well, her mom's her agent. Do you know that? So she, her mom probably did the leaking. That well, right. Someone close to her. Yeah. She probably covered her tracks. She denied. Yeah. She she denied she leaked it. Nobody believes her. It is a cold-blooded move. This private call with Rachel Nichols and Adam Mendelson was leaked to the New York Times just as uh, Maria Taylor's negotiations with ESPN hit the you know eleventh hour. She's contracts up in a couple of weeks. It's I think her contracts up when uh, like the night of Game Six of the finals. So she she's got good timing. She's got real leverage. She's got the the current climate, cultural climate working in her favor. And maybe she had a you know, bad day in negotiations. She said, that's it. Let's leak it. They called the New York Times. They sent them the tape. It's a private call. It's uncomfortable to hear. It's uncomfortable to listen to. It's really, uh, it's not, I'm going to say it's, it's not great. It's not a great look for Rachel Nichols. Or for Adam Mendelson, by the way, no. LeBron's, LeBron's agent who says he's sick of Me Too and Black Lives Matter. This is LeBron's guy. Yeah. Uh, so it's not good for him either. But I have to say, if there were a call between, if there were a call with me and like a friend of mine, or even me and you, it'd be much worse. I'd be swearing every other word. We'd be making fun of people. We'd be, I mean, that's what you do when you talk to your friends. Um, and, and, and we'd be saying, you know, of course, Maria Taylor is getting promoted and featured partially because of her race. Of course. I mean, why, why are we denying that? Why are we pretending that's not the current way of the world? She didn't say anything ir irrational, unreasonable, insane, offensive. I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable because she's kind of, you know, snipey and snarky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 
But is there anything there that you'd say, God, that's outrageous. She's a fraud. She's a phony. She's a liar. I mean, I could think of much worse things someone could say in a private call. Yeah, this isn't so bad. You want to listen to it? Let's hear it. Yes. That's her talking. Um, Maria Taylor said she's good. She's uh, covers football, covers baby, and she says, you know, good for her. Good luck. You know, find it somewhere else. In other words, you're not coming after my job. Unfortunately, she was, she is, she got her job. But this Maria Taylor is such a prima donna. Again, she's 34 years old. Nobody, I mean, 98% of the American public doesn't even know she is. And she's demanding $8 million. Not only that, she won't allow Rachel Nichols, the most prominent NBA sideline reporter at the network, to appear on the show with her. <laughs> I mean, again... I mean, you got to, you have to, like, Rachel Nichols is probably her only threat, right? So she, you got to cut that off. You got to make sure that, that there's no one there to threaten you. That's fine if she doesn't want to, but why doesn't the boss say, too bad, Maria? She's going to appear on the show. Just suck it up. You can hate her if you want. Lots of people hate, hell, I know lots of radio shows where they had two people on the show and they hated each other and they succeeded together for years. Um, Mike Frances and Chris Russo hated sure. each other. Eddie and Dale hated each other. I mean, and they had a great show together. And it was four hours a day, five days a week. This They want Rachel Nichols to appear with Maria Taylor for like a minute and a half, two minutes. And she says no. And she has the leverage. They have, they have shown, she's featured on the show occasionally, but it's recorded. Yeah. She's not allowed to appear live. So Maria Taylor is demanding $8 million a year and... She's um, calling the shots on who will appear on her show. It's like, I mean, it's like she's Ellen DeGeneres or she's, uh, you know, some big star. Uh, she's, you know, uh, whatever, Barbara Walters or something. I mean, she's making the, calling the shots, Maria Taylor. Yeah, I don't know why, but she has more leverage. I don't, I don't know. But she, obviously she won the war against uh, Rachel Nichols. She's, and, 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 well, she hasn't yet, but you're, she's about to. Here's, yeah. where, here's where Rachel Nichols loses me uh, on this call. And I, I think you know where I'm going. I mean, I have no sympathy for Rachel Nichols uh, at all. She's still got a job. She's probably making whatever, a couple million. I'm right. not sure. I can't, it's a good time to be, you know, she, 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 she complains about the treatment of minorities, including women at ESPN. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You're, uh, a big star, you're making a lot of money, and you're saying that they have some bias against females or against African Americans. What? What? what do, uh, even a year ago, that that's crazy. Even a year ago, that that's that's nuts. But anyway, you know, it's like the, the number one criteria, the number one qualification now is you have to check some box. I mean, whether you're female or, or African-American or it, it, they want that. They really want to celebrate diversity at ESPN. That's one of the reasons Rachel Nichols has been advanced, has been promoted. Now she's getting lapped by the gold medal winner of the woke Olympics and she doesn't like it. Uh, so I have no sympathy for her, but here's what she's talking about. Um, uh, when she's talking about it, uh, the climate at ESPN, 
and the way they I don't, treat women and minorities, she said, those same people who are like generally white conservative male Trump voters is part of the reason I've had a hard time at ESPN. Mm. I basically finally just outworked everyone for so long that they had to recognize it. I don't want I don't want to then be a victim of them trying to play catch up for the same damage that affected me in the first place. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to be nice. So this woman, this again, why she's got no real support in this is blaming white conservative male Trump voters at ESPN for holding her down. The people who are now about to sign Rachel, uh, sign Maria Taylor for 8 million a year and make her a star. The people who are, are who are not going to uh, fire Rachel Nichols or, or suspend her or anything white. Can I just tell you Carano, how many white male conservative Trump voters work in Bristol, Connecticut, uh, Bristol, you, Connecticut at ESPN. You tell me zero. Yeah, there's, there's zero. They, they wouldn't that be allowed sense. in the door. I mean, if they, if they knew one of the you know, decision makers, movers and shakers supported Trump, he'd be out the door. They would get rid of the same number of Trump supporters work at ESPN as work at NBC and CBS and CNN and ABC and the New York times and the Boston globe and the Washington post zero. They do not, they, they want diversity, but it's strictly diversity of skin color, of sexual orientation, of, of sex, of gender. They, these are the least diverse places in the world. They do not want diversity of thought. They don't want diversity of opinion at all. They want one mindset. They want groupthink and they get it. That's really not the point here. Rachel Nichols is full of it. Uh, but should she be reprimanded? Should she be fired, suspended, or ostracized for essentially telling the truth about her rival, the fact the her rival who is going to uh, who has already beaten her out for the big job and is probably going to make her life miserable because she's got a lot of power and she hates Rachel Nichols. Uh, so that's going to all um, and and Rachel Nichols apologized. We'll we'll get to the apology. Yeah. She should apologize for lying and saying they're Trump uh, supporters at ESPN, but she apologized to Maria Taylor for telling, I don't even know if it's an opinion. Is it an opinion that Maria Taylor is helped by her race, that her race helps her in the climb up the ladder at ESPN? Is that an opinion? Because it sounds like a fact to me. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty clear that that's, that's, that's part of it. Um, also part of it too is she's younger. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but she's, she's 14 years younger or something than, than Rachel Nichols. That probably has something to do with it as well. And, uh, uh, Rachel Nichols can't have it both ways. That's the problem. Even if there are like a hundred Trump supporters who work at, uh, at ESPN, you can't damn them in one way and have it benefit you in the other. It, right. it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's so a bad, it's a bad look. Yeah. First of all, it's a bad look to be talking, you know, uh, privately to, to, to LeBron's agent, not about, you know, the NBA looking for scoops or stories about complaining about the, the, uh, the behind the scenes uh, machinations of ESPN and, uh, you know, bitching about that to LeBron's agent who again said he was sick of black lives matter, which I love that too. This is LeBron's guy saying he's so tired of BLM. Uh, but you're right. She complains about them advancing her rival, promoting her rival because of, identity politics 
when she knows it has benefited her greatly. Yeah. She's made a lot of money and she's become famous um, because, you know, they uh, essentially wanted a female at one point and it helped her. And now it's helping Maria Taylor and more than it's helping her. Uh, and, and you're right. Maria Taylor checks all the boxes, female, black, young, attractive. Yeah. She's a, she's, they're trying to make her a star. She's already demanding she be paid like a star, but she's going to get the money and then she's going to get promoted. And I think she will, her star will rise whether, whether she is talented enough for that or not. It's, it's really in the interests of the people making the decisions to ESPN to, to promote her, to, to, to keep her, to pay her and promote her. But let's hear yesterday, Rachel Nichols comes on TV, cuts the hostage tape, looks like, you know, somebody is, uh, you know, threatening to, uh, to, you know, to blow up a, a, a school bus if she doesn't read what they wrote for her. Uh, and uh, she did it. She didn't really, you know, discuss the, the whole, the real, uh, you know, the thrust of the matter that she thinks Maria Taylor is getting promoted just because she's black. She's sitting with two black guys, including Kendrick Perkins, talking about how she screwed up and apologizing to Rachel, uh, apologizing to Maria Taylor. It's uh, 27 seconds, and it's or her apology. Are we going to play Kendrick Perkins' reaction too? I've got, I've got that as a separate right. cut. Yeah. Uh, let, let's listen to uh, um, <sighs> Rachel Nichols fall on her sword yesterday. So the first thing they teach you in journalism school is don't be the story. And I don't plan to break that rule today or distract from a fantastic finals. But I also don't want to let this moment pass without saying how much I respect, how much I value our colleagues here at ESPN, how deeply, deeply sorry I am for disappointing those I hurt, particularly Maria Taylor, and how grateful I am to be part of this outstanding team. Uh, um, I, I wanted Perk so badly to just look over and say, do you think I got the job because I'm black too? <laughs> Did you, you know, one striking thing here is why is Maria Taylor not in the same room as her? Like if you're going to apologize to somebody, you apologize to her. I'm, I believe, I believe Maria Taylor wouldn't do that. Maria Taylor is a prima donna and she is saying she wants to continue to ruin Rachel Nichols life. She's enjoying this. For two reasons. She hates Rachel Nichols and it really helps her in these negotiations. Yeah. So she's going to continue to make Rachel Nichols uncomfortable. And now Rachel Nichols, that's like the, the B team she's on right now, right? She's doing some show about NBA, but it's not the yeah. show, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, Kendrick Perkins and who's the other, who's in the middle? Um, I can't remember. Another MBX NBA yeah. guy. Yeah. And they, and they support Rachel Nichols and they say, oh, you're, you know, great. That's, you know, great. They don't, you know, uh, pile on probably because they know, I mean, everyone knows she's essentially the, the big accusation is true. I mean, they're really going to deny that race is a factor when they promote, you know, young, pretty women to host NBA shows. They would never even consider like a, like an old white guy or whatever, middle-aged white guy. It doesn't matter how, how much he knows about the league or his connections or anything. I'm, I'm just thinking of, NBA reporters who would, you know, be good at that job, would love that job. They got no shot. It's just not, they need not apply. Everybody knows that, right? Why can't can't they admit it? Why can't they just say, we really want to, 
advance this woman's career. We really want to promote her. She's our new star and we're going to promote her and we're going to pay her. And, uh, that's, or maybe you could say, you know, it's, it's writing the wrongs of the past. You know, it's like everything else. Now it's, it's it, 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 the, the pendulum has swung and now, you know, you know, those white guys can wait out in the, in the hall. The, we're, we're, you know, promoting, uh, pretty i'm not sure she gets the gig if she looks like you know stacy abrams but she's a pretty young black female who's going places and they know it everyone knows it all or it, is, it was say it and if it's the truth just say too our demo wants this like this is what our demo is looking for right. so we're gonna speak to them by in our hiring you know the, yeah, if that's the truth then do that say that yeah and maybe maybe she'll break stories because maybe you know young black players will talk to her, right. trust her, like her. Maybe it's, will help her reporting, whatever. I mean, no one, no one thinks it's just on merit. No one thinks, you know, she's just really knows the NBA and she's really good in front of the camera. Let's give her the job. Everyone knows it's a factor. Everyone knows they want to check those boxes and they are going to. And again, I would ask when she signs this deal, which will be any minute and gets 8 million a year, <laughs> What would she be worth on the open market? You know, if she were to hit the market tomorrow, get fired, she'd get hired, I'm sure, by somebody, maybe TNT or maybe one of the other networks. She'd get she'd get good money. But she would have no no shot of getting eight million bucks. I mean, none. It's silly to think that that's her value on the open market. I guess it doesn't matter. ESPN has other reasons for doing it, but she could never get this kind of money if she just were a free agent. But anyway, I want to hear from Kendrick Perkins who, who threw her life through Rachel Nichols, a lifeline. I guess, I guess I respect that. She, he feels bad for his colleague and he could have, he could have pounced, but he chose not to. It was, it was nice of Perk. I want to say thank you. Thank you for accepting responsibility for your actions. You know, as someone that has known you for a long time, you know, being around you, you have treated me with the utmost respect, and you always made me feel comfortable in your presence. Um, and I know your heart. You know, great person, great individual. Um, I also know Maria Taylor, um, great person as well. Very, very talented, hardworking, and I feel like she also deserves every opportunity that is presented her way. My only hope is that we have a commitment overall to support each other. Through this process and continue to support each other through our journey. Um, that's uh, that's the high road right there from Perkins. Yeah, you know what? You know what else annoyed me and Rachel Nichols claiming that she only got the job and only got promoted because she outworked everybody. Yeah. If you're at ESPN and you made it that far, and if you're uh, I don't know Tom Rinaldi who left the network by the way, another white guy that they showed the door who's pretty talented, or if you're, I don't know who else, uh, you know, Kenny Mayne or Mike Golick or Mike, even guys who are still there, Mike Greenberg, who gets all the, you know, they love him. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, who, uh, you know, again, supported Maria Taylor and, and dumped on Rachel Nichols. Do you really think Rachel Nichols outworked you? I mean, there's a lot of guys there who probably worked their ass off. It's a great job. They don't want to lose it. They want to break stories. They want to do well. Probably a lot of people who work hard, and then she thinks, "I just got promoted because I outworked all the guys." I mean, please, you, you know, maybe you, you work hard. Uh, it sounds like you uh, have a pretty cozy relationship with LeBron's camp. Uh, hopefully, you know that 
get you, you know, you break some stories as a result. It's a bad look when you're calling the guy for, you know, career advice. But uh, anyway, by the time we're doing this again, you know, tomorrow, Maria Taylor will probably have $40 million, <laughs> probably have a $40 million contract. Game one tonight, um, Suns against somebody. Who the hell are they playing? Oh, Bucks. Suns, Bucks. A disaster of a film. No one will watch that. For the network. Here's my question, and I, I, I want to get to Shay and a couple other things sure. too. Yeah. But my question quickly tonight you have to watch one. My old partner, Dino, used to say this all the time. You only get to watch one, you don't get to flip around. Uh, the first game, the NBA Finals, Bucks Suns, or Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson versus Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm watching that NBA Finals. Oh, are you? I'm watching the golf. 100. Yeah, I'd rather watch a basketball game than golf. I'm not but a big no, First of all, it's not about the sport. You know, it's not about the sport. This could be ping pong. And I would watch Brady and Phil against Bryson and Aaron Rodgers. And, and Brady certainly did his part to promote it because he's been trash talking for like a month. You know, the tweets and memes and, you know, little videos of him on the putting green and taunting. Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. I will say this. I think the reason, one of the big reasons I'll watch, and a lot of people will watch, and one of the reasons I respect Brady for doing this, I know, again, you'll find it shocking, but I'm going to compliment Brady here. No. This takes some balls. I know it's just golf, but Brady's known for one thing above all others, winning, right? Winning, coming through in the clutch, winning the big games, winning the, you know, Conference championship games, winning Super Bowls. Golf humbles people. Golf is really, really hard. The truth about golf is everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. I mean, obviously not Bryson DeChambeau, although he sucked in the U.S. Open when he shot a 44 in the back nine of Sunday. And Phil obviously doesn't suck. But regular people who play, most of us suck. And, you know, occasionally we top a ball or we, you know, shank one into the woods. Or Brady, last time he did this with Tiger, Phil, and Peyton Manning, sucked. He hit it sideways. That little laser thing they show with the light, it never went to places it went with Brady's ball. It went dead right or dead left. And he ended up holing out from the fairway from like 130 yards and taunting Barkley and all that. And that was fun. But it was... I don't want to say embarrassing, but it was humbling for Brady. That could happen tonight. The greatest winner. I mean, the greatest winner in NFL history. The biggest star. The greatest NFL player ever. Could suck tonight under pressure. TV cameras and you know fans and, and Barkley over there heckling him. It, it takes guts to do this. It takes guts, and I respect that. And I'll be curious if he comes through in the clutch tonight. Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know how good Rodgers is, but generally these quarterbacks are good at everything. You know, Peyton was pretty good last year. Bryson and Rodgers are favored because of that. Because, well, first of all, Bryson hits it. You know, he's he's in his prime, unlike Phil, and hits it a mile. And uh, you know, he will make it easier for Aaron Rodgers than than Phil makes it for Brady. But we'll see if Brady comes through in the clutch tonight. So I'll be watching that. You'll be watching game one of Suns. All right, name three Suns. Go ahead. Name oh. three <laughs> None. You, you, I was forced. I'm forced to watch one. I'm picking the NBA. Oh, you know what? If you threw one more thing in like Tucker in there, I'd probably choose Tucker. Okay. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I, I love Tucker, but I'll be watching Brady 
and Mickelson. And it's it's pretty entertaining. They make sure, like Barkley has a role for that reason. They show tweets from people like players and and NFL players and golfers who are that's fun. Um, commenting and they try to make it fun and, and it's yeah. not again it's not golf it's guys under a lot of pressure in front of the cameras trying to do something that's really hard that makes it makes it compelling to me but uh right, i'm gonna do shay and then we're gonna get to i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna apologize kind of like rachel nichols wow i'm gonna fall on my sword and you know i'm gonna give a tearful apology i have it all written down right here i'm gonna read it it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the great apologies of all time it's a big okay? day Big day, big, big day. But first, I got to tell you about Shea because uh, they're having another job fair. Business is great. The precast concrete business is uh, cranking, and they're looking for a few more good people. They have 25 openings around the company in all their locations. And tomorrow, they're having a job fair in Wilmington all day. All day, you can stop by their Wilmington plants, very uh, conveniently located right off 93, and see if they have a job for you. It's a great company. I mean, you could talk to the people who work there. They love it, and business is great, and they're looking for a few hard workers, a few Rachel Nichols types who outwork everybody. Uh, stop by their Wilmington plant tomorrow, all day, anytime, and see if they have a job for you. Uh, and let me tell you a little about it. Uh, Shake Concrete. This is for you homeowners and home builders. Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete. You can customize your steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they'll remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, your house looks better and it's worth more. Learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at shakeconcrete.com. You can learn about the jobs there, too. But I really suggest you stop by tomorrow all day in Wilmington and see if they have a job for you. All right. Um, I will get to uh, my apology. Um, this is, I think, you know what? I'm premature on this, but I'm going to get out ahead of it. Good idea. The U.S. women's soccer team. Now, I don't know anything about I didn't watch. I wouldn't watch. I don't like them. You know, they got a lot of woke people. They've got kneelers and they've got Megan Rapinoe and they got, you know, purple-haired, you know, uh, uh, ingrates. Um, they had a game against Mexico. I think it was in Hartford, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, a game against Mexico. They won, like, you know, 27 nothing. They're, they kill everybody. Before the game, this awesome... 98-year-old World War II vet. What's his name? Pete is... Uh, Dupre, I think. Hold on, let me find Pete it. Pete Dupre. Pete yeah. Dupre did the anthem on Ars Harmonica. It's a long version, but it's great. And it's, I mean, everybody was was riveted by it. He's done it before. He's, he's great. Uh, he's, you know, really old. I think he's in a wheelchair most of the time, but he stood up yeah. and he did the... Uh, you want to play a little of it, a little of his version of the anthem? Well, I got to find it. Um, okay, take your time. Thank anyway, you. anyway, the reports from um, a number of outlets and the video appears to show some of the players turning their back on Pete or turning their back, you know, on the anthem, on the flag. So it went viral on Twitter. I like like a lot of you know people who are disgusted with the woke brigade and with people like Megan Rapinoe and would never really. Uh, you know, support this team were, um, you know, struck a nerve. I saw a bunch of people report this and said, I, 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 
I said I could never root for them. I hope they lose every game. I still kind of I don't root for them. I don't care. They don't seem like a, a likable bunch. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really uh, watch anyway. But I said, great job by Pete Dupre, but I will never root for this team. Then uh, a few hours later, the the team, the, uh, the official U.S. Soccer Women uh, Twitter account, says that they did not um, take a knee. They did not uh, turn their back. Uh, this is from uh, U.S. Soccer Communications Department. To be clear, no one turned their back on World War II vet Pete Dupree during the anthem. Some players were simply looking at the flag on a pole in one end of the stadium. I guess it was on a pole at one point. It was on the big screen at another point. So they yeah. turned a different direction. The players all loved Pete and thanked him individually after the game and signed a ball for him. And they sh uh, tweeted out a video of him sitting in his wheelchair and the players heading to the bus and stopping and, and thanking him, congratulating him, saying hello. It appears that I'm going to take, you know, my blame for jumping to conclusions, but I was misled. All right, Carano, I was misled. Who misled you? Was uh, it who misled you? Uh, let me see. I, there was a whole bunch. Let's be honest. Well, there was a, uh, Richard Grinnell is the one that I saw. Oh, uh, yeah. There was, this was red meat for uh, people like me. I admit it. I don't like these people. I certainly don't like. Um, As you're looking for it, here's uh, Dupre. I mean, what's not to like about that? You got this 90-year-old guy, World War II vet, stop the Nazis, playing harmonica. <laughs> it's so I mean, good. It's so cool. And it's, you know, 4th of July weekend. To me, if you get an original <clears throat> kind of different creative version of the anthem, you really have to appreciate it because you hear so often just the rote, same old, thing, just yeah. same old thing, same old thing. Yeah. And, and it's hard to stay focused on it when you get this. And I watched it online and said, that is brilliant. Uh, you know, the guy, again, defeated the Nazis and now he's playing it on a harmonica for you on 4th of July. I should have been more skeptical because even, you know, you'd have to have a real even, cold heart, even purple haired ingrates who hate this country, who get, you know, bitch about how they don't get paid enough. even though they're getting signing deals with Victoria's secret, even those kind of people have to appreciate a guy like Pete. So I'm going to look further into it, but as of now, I'll get a essay. You know, I jumped to conclusions I shouldn't have, and I'm sorry if I hurt anybody's feelings. Big of you. I really if anyone took offense, I apologize. Um, I tell you who I don't apologize to, and I will. Uh, we will uh, wrap this up shortly. But there's a new member. If you're not keeping up with these things, a new member of the squad, and somehow she's more obnoxious. She's more uh, offensive. She's dumber than than any of the others. I know I've said many times AOC is a dummy, and she is. And anybody who went to BU should be embarrassed anytime AOC starts talking about whatever Green New Deal. But Cori Bush of, of Missouri is just an embarrassment. She comes out on um, is this was this on Fourth of July? This was on oh, July third, actually. July third. Uh, so wait, wait, wait. No, I'm sorry. July fourth. You're right. She on 4th of July comes out with a tweet about how uh, this isn't this country. I mean, 4th of July is for white people and and um, um, 
she or her people, I love what's a her people. She's a representative. Literally, she is representing the people of Missouri. Of Missouri. Yeah. She's yeah. literally, you know, her job is representing people. And she says, you know, her people are just, just the black people. You know, she says, when they say 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land and black people still aren't free. <laughs> First of all, she's again, she's a member of Congress. She was elected to Congress. She's one of 435 members of Congress. She makes $180,000 a year. She's wealthy. She's famous. She's powerful and she's dumb. And she's complaining that she's not free. This tweet got 57,000 likes and 7,700 uh uh, I'm sorry, 12,000 retweets. 57,000 people liked it when this also, moron said she's had not a ton of, Also had a ton of comments too. I mean, this, you know, she almost ratioed herself. Like she definitely, this, this, this is not a, this is, this. I, I said, this, politicians are trash, Jerry. I'm just going to come right out and say it. They're, they're not, they're the worst. They're pandering, pandering people. They're actors uh, at the very best. And uh, a lot of times they don't know what the hell they're talking about. But, including but, Bush but, here. But this goes beyond it because, again, it was July 4th. People are celebrating this country. They're celebrating the end of the pandemic. And, you know, they're just, they're feeling good. They're going out. They're not wearing masks. They're, you know, enjoying life. And then you get this idiot come out and say, we're not free. You're not free. How are you not free? Oh, US, the United States is the first and still most successful melting pot of people right. working together on the planet. It is. Like, and to deny that is just, it's just, you're, you're, you're not having an honest conversation. And how many people... I mean, where else could this woman achieve the heights, reach the heights she's reached? Um, but America, and she takes the opportunity, July 4th, the, the day everyone is celebrating their freedoms, celebrating this their, their good fortune to live in, in this country, enjoy the freedoms and the benefits of this great country. And she comes out and says, we're not free. It's just for white people. It's just so obnoxious. It should be universally condemned. No one should support her. Everyone should point out what an idiot she is. Even even Ayanna Presley and AOC didn't uh, tweet out something this stupid. No. Only one only one person did uh, tweet out something this stupid, and that would be uh, Lakota Man. Lakota Man, if you missed it, is a, uh, a uh, Lakota um, Indian um He's, he's got 53,000 followers on Twitter. His name, uh, I, I don't even know. Uh, 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 Oglala? Oglala. Oglala. Yeah. And he tweets out a picture with him, and it appears to be two daughters, um, two young women, at Mount Rushmore. And they're all three giving the finger to Mount Rushmore on July 4th, saying, hey, America. He writes, hey, America. Fuck you for desecrating our sacred mountain. Happy Fourth, and I, I, you know, I know what you're going to say. He's just a troll, just trying to piss off well, people. But he succeeded because it just. I saw it. I tried to ignore it, Carano. I couldn't. I had to respond because he's just. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you couldn't. I'm really surprised. No, but the, but the thing is, I hate stuff like this because it's like. America is not a thing. Like if they're not people, and the people you're talking about, even if you do have a case, the people you're talking about are dead. They're all dead. Like, and, and you know what? It, 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 some people, first of all, it wasn't sacred land. Sacred land? You stole it from another tribe. You stole it from the Cheyenne. And this whole idea of stolen land, sacred land, every piece of land in the world has been 
conquered. You know, it's not, it's not I don't know what makes it sacred. It's just a mountain. And it wasn't a particularly notable mountain until we carved in the faces of, uh, you know, four presidents. Um, and I, maybe they don't like that. I'm sure a lot of Biden voters don't like it. They don't support it. Biden wouldn't allow fireworks at Mount Rushmore this 4th of July because he probably can't stand it. It represents the greatness of America. And they hate that. You know, the, the woke crowd hates that. But the idea that, you know, the white man stole the land, they stole it after you stole it. And the person before them stole it. I mean, it's land gets conquered. It's the, the, the obnoxious thing is that they can't admit that things are pretty good here in this country because you know europeans came over here and i mean at least now there's a legal framework for the transfer of title of property i mean at least right. that exists now you know and that's due to capitalism and markets and all those things so well, and well, it, it wasn't always like that of course we know that i mean the well, world for for most of human existence humans were ruled by monarchs or like religious figures that was it so it, it's different it's different now but all those people are dead and land land was stolen and it wasn't sacred it was land that you stole from someone else and they stole from someone else and we you know america conquered it america brought you know european uh, civilization to this country and that's probably a pretty good thing you know if you're if you're uh, getting vaccinated from this deadly pandemic you should probably be glad that we have advanced so far i mean in this country over the last 245 years and you should be freaking happy and you should celebrate and you should wave the american flag proudly uh, i know the new york times said it's more divisive than era the flag has become emblematic of of trump supporters well don't let it why don't you fly it and say yeah i hate trump but i love america why can't you do that why is that so hard to do yeah america can as we talked about this on another episode a few days ago or whatever but I, why can't why can't it just be about your your culture your family like your friends the people that you surround yourself with that that's america too like have it mean that for you and by the way you defeated trump i mean not really it was stolen but i mean you defeated trump i'm just kidding no don't 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 ban me um and we had a peaceful transfer of power. I mean, everyone just, you know, Trump moved out and Biden moved in and yeah. every, everybody except, you know, those unarmed insurrectionists and the angry Moors guys with their guns, everyone accepted it. You don't have to like it, but you move on. It's America. It's not about a person. It's about laws and liberty. It's about, you know, founding. It's about the principles of this country and most people enjoy them and celebrate them especially on the fourth of july and obnoxious a-holes like lakota man or cory bush should be uh, condemned by everybody and we should all salute pete dupre i'm glad the um u.s women's soccer team uh denied they turned their back on him and and, and said they love him because we should all love and honor a guy like that who won't be around much longer let's face it and it's still, it's, it's, it, I find it amazing and, and, and just uh, awesome that a guy who, as you point out, fought the Nazis, a guy who saved the world, you know, 75 years ago, is well enough uh, to stand there and play the harmonica for us all. It's great. I mean, I, they had to ruin it by playing a soccer game after it. They should just have him play play some tunes, some, some patriotic tunes, and everyone could show up to see that and, you know, forget the soccer game. But. Good for uh, Pete Dupree. I hope he enjoyed his Fourth of July weekend. I know I did, Carano. Did you? Good. I did. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, it was some some meat 
and some hanging out with the wife, and that was it. I had a great one, and it was cold, and it rained, and it was cold and rainy and sucky, and now it's going to be hot, and but it was a fun one, and I hung my flag, and I, you know, had had a ball, had a ball. I love Fourth of July. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to see people you don't want to see. You don't have to go there, sit with the family. You don't have to get gifts. You don't have to go to church. Nothing like that. You just sit there and say, "It's great to be an American." But Anyway, we will leave it there. Did I miss anything? I got my, uh, these weekends, these long weekends, man, there's just a lot of craziness. We will be uh, following the case of the Rise of the Moors uh, guys uh, as they go to court today. Um, and uh, if anything outrageous happens, we'll be all over it and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And we'll see how, uh, you know, Maria Taylor responds to, uh, to Rachel Nichols' apology. And let's just hope, let's all hope, you know, that Maria Taylor gets her 8 million bucks because she really seems to deserve it. But anyway, we shall leave it there. Thank you to you, Carano, and thanks to uh, Shake Concrete and Allied Paving and DCU and everybody for uh, listening. We appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink. We play games. We have the song of the week. We have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guests. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Geico presents Motorcycle Word of the Day. Today's word is tank slapper. Is a tank slapper used to describe a handlebar wobble? Or is it a motorcycle joke that is so funny you just have to slap the gas tank with your hand as you laugh? As in... Oh man, Daryl told me a great joke last night. It was hilarious. It was something about a dog wearing sunglasses. I wish I could remember. It was a real tank slapper. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.